Disclaimer. This podcast serves as an academic critique on the American film industry. I will be discussing hard moments in history, and that includes the long-lasting effects of said moments. I will be discussing films old and new in accordance with APA and fair use guidelines, specifically Section 107 of the Copyright Act, which states, quote, The fair use of a copyrighted work for purpose such as criticism, commentary, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, or research is not an infringement of copyright, end quote. Will there be spoilers in this podcast? Of course. Would you need to have seen all of these films? Obviously not. Will you learn something new? Always. Now, enjoy the program. Welcome to the final episode of Outcasted. As always, I'm your host, Amari. So, we have made it towards the end of our journey together. What did we learn? With all the tragedy and beauty in the world, our art has no choice but to imitate. The world around us is too fascinating not to capture. Our art should broadcast our changes, our challenges, and our triumphs. It's time we started evolving, leveling up our work and making room for change. What does filmmaking look like today? Have we really grown since the 40s? Yes, in many ways we have, but also no, in many ways we haven't. We see a growth in numbers, but not a whole lot. In these few depictions, we still have unfair representation built on prejudice. Filmmakers are making strides to try and close the gaps that have been made throughout history. Well, you know, representation in cinema and in movies is just, is just key, and in television as well. I mean, we should have images that reflect the real world. It's really simple. So, uh, you know, all of the... All of the heroes in films shouldn't look one way. They shouldn't all be boys. They shouldn't all be Caucasian mm-hmm. boys. They should be girls. They should be girls of color. There should be all kinds of girls. There should be all kinds of boys. Yep. You just want everyone yes, to see to themselves. That. Exactly. That. exactly. Ava DuVernay is a loud and lonely voice of demanding that Hollywood productions be more inclusive of women, people of color, and any minority, really, that shapes the U.S. society. While on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, Marley Matlin had this to say about why it was important for the cast of CODA to have actual deaf stars. Since this is a recording, you will be hearing her translator's voice. When I heard that they were casting or the studio was thinking of putting a hearing actor in the role who had a name or a box office in this role, and I said, you know what, all these years of, of deaf actors being dismissed and people playing deaf, I thought, you know what, it's time. We got to stop. I can't let this happen any longer. And I was a little bit nervous because I had to speak up, not only for myself, but for all deaf actors out there, deaf directors, deaf writers, whoever it is is working and looking for work, as talented as anyone else is in the business. So that's what I did, and I put my foot down, and I'm thrilled that CODA made a lot of noise, and we've gotten a lot of respect, and I have to say that you cannot just put on a costume and be deaf like you do, uh, and take it off at the end of the day. I think studios who now see the film Coda can understand, well, look, deaf actors are great, fine. And not to just use them, you know, like, oh, we're putting them in the background and let's just check off that box. Hopefully they can just continue what we did with Coda for many years to come. And then recently, there was a lot of commotion around Pixar's Lightyear, a movie ultimately about Buzz Lightyear, yet somehow still ridiculed for its quick lesbian kiss scene. 
The film was banned from showing in theaters in the United Arab Emirates because of its inclusion. Director Angus McLean reveals that Disney execs originally wanted to cut the scene, even going as far as having the animators replace the scene with an awkward handhold. Ultimately, the Pixar animators wrote Disney an open letter telling them off for attempting to cover up any traces of gay affection. The letter was pretty much ignored, but then the Big Bad Mouse got caught donating $200,000 to Republican politicians who supported Florida's Don't Say Gay bill, which forbids discussions of sexual orientation in elementary school classrooms. Not a great look. So, the filmmakers got to make their film the way they wanted. Actress Uzo Aduba, the voice of Buzz's best friend and the maroon of a new world light years away, had this to say about the choice of keeping the kissing scene. Quote, I'm happy to see Disney and Pixar sort of push through and blaze new trails in this space. And I think it really creates the opportunity for children of all ages to dream and see themselves on screen. End quote. Chris Evans, the voice of Buzz, echoes the importance of queer inclusion in the Disney film, but also acknowledges that, quote, it's kind of a mixed bag of emotions. You're obviously thrilled that there is representation in this movie, but you can't help but be a little frustrated that it's a talking point because that means it hasn't been until now. That means it's long overdue, end quote. This is a great point about the changes we are making currently. We are in the phase of change where it's awkward, weird, and any bit of good representation, no matter how small, feels like an accomplishment, but we still have a long way to go. Alicia and her partner of 40 years, the couple in question, were only a small part of the film. Their kiss was even smaller. The film wasn't even about them and it had backlash. We have a lot to learn to accept and to normalize before we see that kind of change. I find my choices in my work has to come with the respect of who I'm portraying. So when I did Wind Talkers with Nick Cage, they're like, oh, Adam, we'd love for you to come and read for this role. We think you'd be great. I told them they have to ask permission from the Navajo Nation before I can even come in the room. That was actor Adam Beach sharing his checks and balancing system for the portrayal of other native tribes outside of his own. Oh, they wow. thought I was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what? <laughs> so they phoned back and said, well, we talked to the Navajo Nation. They said, yes, Adam <clears throat> can portray the role, but you have to hire a real Navajo person for the other role. Okay. So they had to follow lead since they wanted me to play the role. You know, when I'm in Hollywood, they want to see that oh, he, he, uh, huh, or whatever they call yeah. it, but they don't want to see, you know, us now. It's yeah. like that's the mentality that's out there and we yeah. have to change it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They like us in the 1800s. As far as the future of on-screen rep goes, as long as we all understand the difference between good and bad representation, I think we can make some real strides in the future. Heck, we already are with movies like Black Panther 1 and 2, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Encanto. Good representation doesn't focus on the fact that they are present, but the quality. Good representation is natural and fluid. Good representation doesn't make an identity their whole personality. They are dynamic characters with goals and ambitions outside of their race, gender, sexuality, or disability. As far as this podcast, 
I wish I could have talked about more key films, moments, and people. I could make six more episodes individually breaking down the different types of films made within each minority group. I could talk about how 9-11 fundamentally changed the industry and the representation of the Middle East. I could dive deeper into what being a producer or executive looks like for minorities. I wish I could have gotten more opinions from within the industry as well. Who knows, maybe in later episodes. This kind of work is never really complete, so I know this isn't the end. It's a pivot in a new direction. As an up-and-coming filmmaker myself, I have a lot of hope for the industry I want to go into, not just for myself, but the generations after me. The movies that my nieces and nephews are growing up with are very different from the ones I grew up with, and mine were very different from my mother's as well. I feel that I owe it to those who paved the way to show the next generation what they can achieve. My hope for the future is that everyone has fun in their art, no matter the genre or the topic. I hope that our art changes with us as we change. Lastly, I hope that we can accept that this thing we call life is seen from many, many perspectives, and there is no right one. Here are a few ways researchers and artists alike have recommended to close this gap in representation. Laura Applebaum, Vice President at Respectability, a nonprofit seeking to change the image of disabled people, says, quote, It's not enough to be included. We have to be included in an authentic way, telling diverse, complex stories of the disability experience and avoiding falling into the trap of inspiration porn which assumes that anyone with a disability must have it so much worse and uses people with disability to make non-disabled people feel good about themselves, end quote. In the article Latino Media Gap, researchers suggest, one, hiring diverse top leadership with effective decision-making power in all positions in major production studios, two, developing innovative programs to employ the existing, deep, and underutilized talent pool as well as to scout, highlight, and recruit new talent in traditional grounds like universities and new media spaces such as YouTube. 3. Promoting open casting and diverse hiring. 4. Rewarding programming that attracts high ratings by featuring non-stereotypical characters and storylines. 5. Effectively communicating both critical and supportive perspectives on existing programs, movies, and companies. Think about your consumers and your content's impact. Other researchers suggest creating and working with societies to help with the balance. For example, organizations such as Illuminative, which works to increase the visibility of Native people in the industry. I would like to also add to the list that supporting your fellow artists is another way to help in the quest for diversity. Filmmaking has always been, and will always be, a collaborative effort. You should bolster people based on their talent and skills, not their race, gender, or sexuality. This has truly been an honor. Before I go, I'll leave you with this. Akira Kurosawa once said, quote, To be an artist means never to avert your eyes, end quote. So look around and be receiving of the world around you. And then, free your art. Until our paths cross again, McFly. And scene.